Hey, welcome back to Say Your Story, everybody. I'm Dean Stevens. Uh, we're going to just drop a quick Say Your Story today as we um, get ready for most likely a tropical storm here uh, in the low country along the South Carolina coast. But thought we would uh, do a quick interview uh, with uh, ABC News 4 Chief Neurologist Dave Williams. Worked with him for, man, more than a decade uh, before I left the TV station about a year ago or so. No, actually a year ago, not a year ago. And so, uh, but uh, yeah, just a, a chance to kind of let everybody know what's going on, a chance for you to maybe uh, take a listen to this as you prepare for uh, the storm that comes this way. And um, Hurricane Ian certainly brought devastation to the Florida coast. Uh, we will not see that kind of impact here in the low country. But again, I thought we'd just drop a quick uh, Say Your Story segment with Dave Williams. Uh, we talk about uh, Ian. Uh, what we can expect along the coastline uh, when he knew that he became a weather nerd. And uh, we talk a little baseball on the backside as well. So uh, welcome, Dave Williams, to Say Your Story. I'm uh, tucked away at a safe place at work. You're tucked away at your house. Technology's awesome. Uh, our friendship even greater. I really appreciate you joining us. Glad to be here. So uh, what's the scoop? That's what everybody wants to know on this uh, Thursday morning. Well, we've got a tropical storm headed our way. Is that is that all you need to know? Yep. Appreciate your time today. Have a great one. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> no. Um, well, well. First of all, I have to say I, I really feel for the folks in Florida right now. Um, they got smacked by a Category Four hurricane, almost Category Five. The the storm surge, the wind. It's just been terrible. The damage throughout Florida, um, and and now that storm is headed this way, but it's really not at all the same storm. Mm-hmm. Uh, so the winds on it are back to tropical storm force, and I don't see it re-intensifying, even though it's headed out over the Atlantic Ocean. Uh, this storm, when it was headed towards southwest Florida, it moved over water that was about 85 to 90 degrees. And I compare hurricanes to cars. Cars run on gasoline. Hurricanes run on warm water. When that warm water evaporates, it provides the energy for hurricanes to sustain themselves. Um, it's not going to be over 85 to 90 degree water over the next 24 hours. It's going to be over water that's maybe in the upper 70s to mm-hmm. lower 80s. So the water's about 5 to 10 degrees cooler. And that's a big deal when you're talking about a tropical system. So expect a tropical storm here starting late Thursday and especially into the day Friday. You know what I found to be interesting um, in really the last probably 24 hours is that we've had so many new people move here, right? I mean, it doesn't take much to figure that out, just drive around or, right. you know, look around. Right. But people really are, I mean, they don't, they don't know what to expect as far as it comes to uh, wind and rain. Um, so, you know, what, what do we expect there? Uh, wind gust tropical storm or we're going to have sustained tropical storm and how much rain do we expect? I would say if we get sustained tropical storm force winds, that's mainly going to be overnight Thursday and into early Friday right on the coast. Um, But all the way back to I-95, we can expect tropical storm force wind gusts. So we could be talking about plenty of wind gusts up over 40 miles an hour. I think elevated surfaces, you're going to see some of those wind gusts 50 to maybe as Mm. high as 60 miles an hour. So, um, yeah, it's not going to mess around. And as far as the rain goes, I'm thinking about three, maybe six inches on average. 
Right. And some some spots will get a little more. Some neighborhoods will get a little bit less than that. So um, prepare for quite a bit of water with this storm. I know there's been a lot of talk about the storm surge, um, but I'm really not seeing the storm surge. It, it deposited that storm surge on the west coast of Florida. Um, what we've got going on is there's high pressure off to our north and there's Ian down to the south. And we've been dealing with that setup for the last two or three days. And that's been pushing onshore winds toward the coast, strong and steady. Right. And the water has really piled up at the coast. It's not storm surge. It's that water being piled up by pressure gradient force. So we're going to see flooding around the high tide cycles, not because of storm surge, but because of the difference between high pressure and low pressure, just pushing that water back toward the coast. So the high tide cycles, and if you get some heavy rain on top of that, that's when we're really going to see some flooding, especially on Friday, especially downtown Charleston. If you live near a tidal creek or anything like that, that's where you're going to get the flooding. So it's not necessarily surge, but it, there again, it's like, should we call it one thing or should we call it another? It's going to cause flooding right. no matter what. Right. So that's that's the bottom line. So get ready for flooding, especially on Friday. High get tide. ready to move the higher ground. Yeah, high tide uh, this morning's around, what, 11 and then 11, 15 yeah. or so tonight. Yep. So tomorrow it, it's uh, the morning high tide, I believe, is about 1130, and the evening high tide is about 1150. Uh, and, and I really think it's going to be that morning high tide where we're going to see some issues. So probably from about nine tomorrow morning until about two in the afternoon, I, at this point, I would imagine we're going to see flash flood warnings, um, especially downtown Charleston. So tomorrow morning is not going to be a time you're going to want to be in downtown Charleston. But most everything has been canceled or put off a day or so. There's really no reason to be out tomorrow morning to... You know, I mean, exactly. you got you got a full 24 hours to get whatever you need to get. Exactly. And, and I tell a lot of people with with tropical systems, with with a hurricane, with a tropical storm. And this is going to be a tropical storm. Um, don't put yourself in a bad situation. Right. Um, as long as you're on higher ground, as long as you're inside of a building, a, a sturdy building, you're going to be OK. Um, but if you live on a salt marsh, um, and you know, it floods on a normal high tide, mm -hmm. those are the people that have to worry it. It's not just average Joe blow in a regular neighborhood. It, it's the, it, it's the folks that live in the prone areas and the folks that live in the prone areas should know already because they've had the water during the King tide cycle. When you just get a normal high tide. I see a lot on a lot of people on your Facebook page, and even you know, I remember uh, when we were working together. People inland, you know, Somerville, uh, Berkeley County, places like that would have a lot of questions, like you know, what can we expect? But I think the advice is is the same, and um, what you just said. I mean, what you know, what we see on a heavy rain day, expect that. Yep, yep, exactly. Because anybody from I-95, maybe even farther back toward Orangeburg, is going to see the rain. So the rain is coming no matter what. And a half a foot of rain is a lot of rain, mm -hmm. <laughs> it's especially in a short period of time. Now, fortunately, it has been dry the last couple of weeks, so the ground will be able to soak up a decent amount. But it's not going to be able to soak it all up. So 
I know there are some of those neighborhoods back around Somerville that do flood on a regular basis. If you get a thunderstorm that pops up over your house in the middle of the summer mm-hmm. and your neighborhood floods, there's a good chance that you are going to flood into the day on Friday just because of the amount of water that we're going to see. Now, what about um, landfall here? It seems like the last two or three advisories have been pretty consistent uh, where that center cone is. Well, guess guess what, Dean? I'm going to rock your world. Dang it. So the five o'clock in the morning update yesterday morning. Yes. The center. The, and, and you know, the National Hurricane Center's cone there. And you know that there's a center line. So let's just base this off the center line. Right. Yesterday at 5 a.m., the center line was right on the Savannah River. Mm-hmm. So that would put most of the impacts coming directly into the low country. The 5 a.m. update today. The center line was on the Charleston and Colleton County line. So within 24 hours, we moved, what, what do we have there, about 65, 70 miles at mm-hmm. least? Yep. So if the same thing happens in 24 hours from now, you're looking at a center line maybe somewhere up around downtown Charleston, maybe even farther to the north up toward the Charleston and, uh, and Georgetown County line. So the trend... The trend is for this storm to come back inland a little bit farther to the north. So um, that would be good for the low country. Um, I don't want to wish anything bad on anybody else. And it's not going to be terrible, but right. um, that, that would push some of, the, some of the bad impacts a little bit farther to the north. And we'd be on the backside, the weaker side of the storm system with most of the stuff still out over the ocean when it comes inland here. Same rules remain true for a tropical storm as they do a hurricane where you're talking about, you know, most everything in that kind of northeast quadrant? Uh, on the north side of the storm, this is, this is a very, very, very lopsided storm. So the north side of the storm is where all the rain is. That's why it's going to start raining um, later this afternoon into tonight. But we won't even see the center of the storm until probably early to middle part of your Friday along the low country coast. So all the rain is on the north side of this system. Once it's by us, yeah. it's going to dry out very, very quickly. We could be clear by, I don't know, Friday evening. Love that. Yeah. So once it's once it's by us, it'll still be breezy, but the rain will shut off and... And the winds will blow offshore, so it'll push that water back out to sea. Um, things should improve very quickly later Friday into Saturday. All right, random questions, because you've missed that over the last year. From because me. you're full of them. Exactly. <laughs> I know, but this is, uh, okay, so my observation is this. It was weird. It's been weird the last couple of days, knowing that the storm is approaching, whatever it was going to be. And when you walk outside and it's nice and cool. Right. Do you remember a time where we've had a storm like this where our air temperature has been this cool? Because usually we're sweating. The humidity's up. It's like awful for a couple days. Yep. Um, One thing, look at your calendar. What's Saturday? Which my my, uh, farmer's almanac calendar? Hey, (laughs) I I actually have the farmer's almanac calendar hanging in the weather center. So... um, it, it is good for that and some, some recipes here and there. Okay. So what's Saturday? 
Yeah, what's Saturday? College football. Besides college football. God, exactly. Man, I knew long, that was coming. Longhorns need a win so bad. It <laughs> so it's uh, the 1st of October, right? Is it the 1st of October? Exactly. So exactly. what does that so mean? Get, to get back to your question, oh. it's the heart of fall. Yes. When do we have these storms come through normally? When did Elsa come through last year? It came through in July. Mm-hmm. That's the heart of summer. A lot of these storms come through in July, August, early September. We're almost October. So this is a rarity. Eh, I wouldn't say it's a rarity, but what happened is a cold front came through. It's fall. The flow coming in from the northeast has just perpetuated the cold air behind that front. And, yeah, it feels like fall. And once that storm does make landfall here in South Carolina, what what kind of storm do we call it? A, a hurricane weakens to what kind of storm? It, uh, a, trop- a tropical, tropical storm. storm. Yes. Yes. Yeah. yes. And then it'll, so, it'll degrade to a tropical depression somewhere along its path. Exactly. Exactly. But when you say tropical, you don't think of, of air mm-hmm. temperatures in the 50s and 60s and dew points in the 30s and 40s. When that tropical system moves into this fall air mass, it's going to evaporate and fall apart even more quickly. Mm-hmm. So... Um, it, it's, it's mainly a time of year type thing. So that, that's why it does feel so much different outside. We're just getting late into the hurricane season and, and hopefully this is the last hurrah. Yeah. I mean, um, it, and it is pretty quiet out there. I, I didn't even check 11 was out there last night. It's forecast to become Julia and, and be one of those fish storms. We like that. Um, all right, let's talk about um, Florida for a minute. Do you remember, I mean, when you go back and look, uh, where will this storm rank? Uh, not so much damage, uh, but, I mean, the pictures were, I mean, just awful. Um, but as the size of this hurricane, um, where, where does it rank? Where will it rank? So this one's going to be compared with Charlie. Um back in 2004 it it came on shore in almost exactly the same spot um i think this one maybe came on shore about 15 20 miles farther to the south um but but as far as strength they were they were very close together in strength and there's still a possibility the national hurricane center will go back and analyze all the data from this storm once they've got it and there's still a possibility that they could bump this up to a category 5 storm um, I, I, and I, I, I hate to say that because the wind speed, if you only bump it up two miles an hour, that's no difference really. Um, but, but it changes the name of it and, and that would change it from a category four to a category five. And, and when you look at category five hurricanes, you got really Andrew since, and yeah, 1992, we've had two, mm. we had Andrew and we had Michael. And both of those storms hit Florida. Mm-hmm. So we're talking about a borderline Category 5 hurricane that, that came on shore in Florida. So I, I really, really feel for the folks of Florida. Um, it, it, it's a sad situation, um, but, it, but it's also a part of where you live. Um, do, you, mm-hmm. do, you live do you live along the Gulf Coast, the Atlantic Coast, where you get hurricanes? Or do you live out in the center of the country where you're, you're in tornado tornadoes? Out? Or do you live in California where they get earthquakes? Do you live near a volcano? I mean, mankind has to deal with natural disasters. And unfortunately, Florida got hit by a big one yesterday. 
I always remember you used to say, um, you know, a strong the difference between a strong Category Four and a, and, and a weak Category Five is uh, not much, right? No, I mean no. it's really it's two mile an hour difference. No, mm-hmm. I mean the storm surge yeah. was catastrophic yesterday. I've seen some videos where, I mean, you're looking at almost ten feet of water in in downtown Fort Myers and places like that. It it, it just brought it really brought the Gulf of Mexico inland. Um, mm-hmm. probably around a mile or so. Yeah. All right. So for people that don't know, tell them, uh, when in your lifetime you became a weather nerd, because when, when I, was, I was, I went three. to, the fo- I went to the football game last night, Stratford Somerville. Um, and I had to be a hundred percent honest with you. I had more people come up, um, singing your praises. And, um, and I said, he does it because he's a self-professed weather nerd. I'm not calling He mm-hmm. calls himself that. So when did it happen? Yep. <laughs> uh, three years old, and and it it, it really even, even though I I grew up in uh, the great state of as folks call it around here Ohio, <laughs> um, I, uh, I I we used to go on vacation every year to Myrtle Beach, and uh, when I was three years old. We came here, and uh, it was right after Hurricane David. Oh, wow. And I still, to this day, remember what the beach looked like, even when I was three years old. Um, we've got pictures to help help me remember it, but it's still burned into my mind what it looked like when we walked out behind the Viking Hotel in Myrtle Beach. We went out back, and, oh, wow. and uh, the beach was gone. There was a, there was a cliff from where the grass ended on the back of the hotel. Just like I mean, erosion, basically, right? Down to the Atlantic Ocean. Yeah, the beach was gone. And it just fascinated me that Mother Nature could create this storm that would just take the beach away like that. And all, all through my life, I, I just was fascinated by the weather and needed to learn more and more and more about it. And I'm still the same way. I'm still fascinated, and I'm still amazed, and I'm still blown away. And I'm mm-hmm. learning things every time. And that's that's what I find most interesting about hurricanes. I have yet to find one that is exactly like another. Mm-hmm. Well, the same so, could be said for snowflakes, and you don't live, you know, in, <laughs> in Ohio. So, I mean, is it a coincidence that you, you, you your career brought you to Myrtle Beach and here? I don't think it is. I, I mean, I, I, I think it was just meant to be. Um, and, and case in point, I, I started I started my career very close to home. Um, I, I started in um, Wheeling and Steubenville, which was about about two hours from where I grew up. And nobody came to visit me. <laughs> Those first three years of my career, nobody came to visit me. And then I, I, I started looking for another market, a bigger market, because I, I, I mean, I wanted to go somewhere else and, and explore weather around the country. And I started telling my mom, I said, oh, I'm I'm looking out in Eugene, Oregon. I'm looking at all these places. And mm-hmm. she's like, oh, no, you, you don't want to go there. You don't want to go there. And I called her and I, I, I said, Mom, I, I've been offered a job in Myrtle Beach. And she said, oh, that's fantastic. You've got a job in Myrtle Beach. And you should have seen the people showing up at my door. I couldn't keep that guest bed empty. 
we had people left and right and the same once i got to move down here to charleston it was fantastic because i got the history i got i got the culture i got the i got the food i got the city that i wanted plus i still get to live on the beach so um this this is the place i want to be um this is home and i absolutely love it here in charleston so your first choice if you were in a in a market covering the weather which produced natural disasters i.e the middle of the country to what you talked about right this would be this is what fascinates you the most hurricanes fascinate you more than tornadoes um yeah i think i think so um certainly more than snowstorms i never want to have to forecast another snowstorm for the rest (laughs) of my life um if if you miss the track of a snowstorm by 15 miles Mm -hmm. you've got the you've got the difference between 10 inches of cold rain and, and a foot and a half of, of fluffy snow. Mm. So, um, is that harder to forecast in a hurricane snowstorms? Yes. Mm. Yes. Um, because they're coming together all at once with a hurricane. You can watch it for, for several days. And, and I say that hurricanes have their own personality. And once you figure out their personality and what it's, what it's been doing, then you can kind of formulate what it's going to do in the future. So um, computer, computer models are great. Computer models are great, but they're just guidance. Right. And they give you, they give you an idea of what may happen, but they're not gospel. And it takes a meteorologist to figure out where the computer models have their strengths and where they have their deficiencies. And that's how we make our weather forecast. We don't just go out and say, oh, this computer model says this, so I'm going to jump on board with that one little piece of guidance. No, um, I analyze so much more than that. And just watching the storm for days on end, um, that really helps you to forecast it in the future. I always found in the past that the uh, European spaghetti model was the one that I always followed. <laughs> oh, yes. Um, the and, old European spaghetti model. Uh, with, many of the, with many of the storms last year, and even with as, as recently as Fiona just a couple weeks ago, mm-hmm. um, the, the European model was <laughs> out to lunch, just completely <laughs> missed it. And and uh, the North American model, the GFS model, just kind of nailed it. Yeah, but neither have been real great with uh, with uh, Ian. So that's where that's where you've got to step back and say, hey, the GFS model is not handling this one as well as it did Fiona. And you've got to really you've got to really make your own into use your own intuition and figure out what it's going to do. Well, I appreciate your time, and uh, as we. Uh... We would tell everybody all the time, I mean, you should have your batteries already. You should have your water already. You should have your semi-frozen pizza already. But um, Because because we do have a tropical storm headed our way, and there are going to be power outages. I don't mm -hmm. think they'll be – I don't think they'll be long-lived. There is going to be flooding, um, so there will be inconveniences to – to our way of life, but I don't think they'll last a long time. And I don't expect anybody to lose their house like they did in Florida. That's that as a meteorologist, why I do what I do is to keep people safe. And when I see people losing their houses and Mm -hmm. things, 
things like that, it, it really hits me hard. So yeah. I don't want things, I don't want things like that to happen in my community. Yeah. So, um, so that's why I try to get people, if, if they can't keep their property safe, at least they can keep themselves and their families safe. That's why I love you, brother. Love you too, buddy. And hey, I failed to do this, um, but congratulations on Tito and the Indians. That's awesome. I know. Hey, 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 hey. What? We got to go with the new name. We got to go with the new oh, name. Oh, yeah, the Guardians. Sorry, my bad. The Guardians. My bad. Guardians. My yes. bad. Yes. My, my, my mom's and my wife, they both said, you're actually calling them the Guardians? And I said, <laughs> of course I am. It's working. I said, look, <laughs> they're the youngest team ever in baseball to clinch. Yes. I said, it's working. I said, if I have to call them the Guardians to get a World Series, then I will do it. Well, it also proves why Tito is one of the probably, you know, top six or seven managers of all time in baseball history. He's amazing. He's a great guy. And look at who's right behind him. Sandy Alomar Jr., Heck of a heck of a coach right there, and Cleveland is so lucky to have those two guys. Former Charleston Rainbow, I'm sure Eisberg probably knows somebody who knows somebody that cut his yard one time. <laughs> I'm sure his barber's still around here or something. Dave, you're the man. I appreciate you, and uh, I miss seeing you every day. Great to talk with you, Dean. You know, you you know, I'm only a phone call or a. Uh, breakfast invite away because uh we can talk the day away all right man have a good one and um i know you've got some long hours coming up and uh my best to sonia and to uh chris and everybody else back there that that'll keep it going for you know probably on air for 24 straight yeah i hope not but we'll see <laughs> we'll be there in case all right man see ya take care dean all right, Dave, thanks so much. Um, appreciate him taking uh, the time out. Uh, we are uh, coming from Ripple. Uh, that is our nonprofit office space here in downtown Charleston. Uh, nonprofits work out of this space. Uh, we help them grow. We help them expand. Uh, they create synergy among themselves by collaborating, uh, seeing some amazing stories and amazing events where some of our nonprofits who, uh, without the vision of uh, Charleston businessman Jerry Shear, would have never happened. Uh, bringing these nonprofits together. Now they work together. They have events together. Uh, it has been awesome, uh, to say the very least. So anyway, I uh, hope you guys uh, have a great day. Uh, enjoy your Thursday if you are uh, down along the South Carolina coast. Um, get what you need today and then uh, just kind of close the doors and just sit back and be safe over the next couple days. But for now, I'm Dean Stevens. This is Say Your Story. Thanks to our uh, good buddy Keenan Nelson, his band Bolts Benign, for allowing us to use their music. Uh, they are a house band, and uh, we really appreciate uh, everything uh, that they do as well. Anyway, have a great uh, few days, everybody. Uh, as I used to say, and I mean it, uh, may your days be filled with peace and your nights be filled with quiet. Hey